keep pushing. Keep pushing, keep pushing. And I need you to be a minister for a moment and find somebody sit, sitting in your general vicinity. Look them dead in the eyes if they owe you $20. And tell them, neighbor, whatever you do, keep pushing. Keep pushing, keep pushing. It's hard to keep pushing in the world that we're living in right now. How is one supposed to find serenity and sanity and strength in the world we live in right now? What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the show and happy Halloween to everyone out there. This is actually my favorite holiday as it is a pagan holiday, but really it's just about celebrating your individuality, being creative, hanging out with your friends. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a costume this year um, because as you all know, I'm in transit. I'm not in my in my normal home of Northern Arizona because I'm getting shoulder surgery for the second time this Thursday, which is interestingly enough, the day after my 33rd birthday. Um, so before I get into the episode, and this is a solo episode, by the way, I want to let all y'all know that I'm running a little bit of an ad for my friends at SoCal Kettlebells. Now, during the pandemic, everyone was struggling to find a gym, including myself. Everything was closed. So if you didn't have a home gym already, you were looking for home gym equipment and everything was out. People were just buying everything, right? I had six kettlebells and those kettlebells helped me stay in shape for the entirety of of that basically year of closure before things reopened, right? Kettlebells, I'm I'm a complete convert now. I love kettlebells. They're an incredible workout tool. You can use them for everything, full body workout, legs, upper body, everything you could dream of. Uh, it's an incredible tool to build strength, to build muscle, to look better, to you know do a high intensity workout or a low intensity heavy weight workout. Um, but just really it's functional fitness at its finest. Um, you know, as soon as I heal up from the injuries I'm currently struggling with, I'm getting right back on the kettlebell train personally. And the good friends over at SoCal Kettlebells allowed me to give you a discount code for their stuff. So use code feed the soul, all caps, feed the soul uh, for 10% off your entire order. The cool thing is if you live in Southern California, you can pick your stuff up in person to shave on to save on shipping costs. And if you know weights, basically they're su- obviously they're super heavy, right? So shipping them is primarily a huge expense uh, on top of the actual production cost. So you can sh- you can save that and you can just pick them up in person if you live in Southern California. If you don't, that 10% off is going to help you out a lot for shipping and for the cost of manufacturing. So if you're thinking about getting some, some workout weights for yourself, check out these kettlebells. It's a great company. Um, you know, they make the kettlebells as affordable as possible and they have a couple different coding options. So if you're, if you're into lifting, I hope you are, I hope you're into working out because it's super good for you mentally, physically, emotionally, um, check out SoCal kettlebells. I'm going to throw a link to their shop in the description, the show notes, use code feed the soul for 10% off. So as I mentioned, I'm getting shoulder surgery this coming Thursday and a little bit about my background, right? I was involved, I was a pro athlete. I was involved in this really big cycling crash, um, really big cycling crash in 2019, February 9th, 2019, down in Tucson, Arizona, as I was training to sort of transition from pro ultra running to pro gravel cycling, right? Um, and I was in this freak accident where a component on my bike failed under pressure um, and I hit the ground. I had a traumatic brain injury. I 
all the, the major ligaments in my dominant right shoulder, the arm that had propelled me through volleyball and baseball in college and sports my entire life. I had a grade three to four AC joint separation. I had some damage to my scapula, to um, my infraspinatus, and then also my right wrist. Um, and I had a huge gash on my right leg from where the crank opened up a, a huge cut, right? So a lot of different injuries. I had I had a huge whiplash on my neck during the crash uh, that created a whole host of things. So fast forward to 2020, um, my shoulder had been just not up to par. It, it was, it was unstable. I could do dips. I could do pull-ups. I could do all these things. Um, but it just wasn't up to my requirement of where I was. I wanted to get back as possible, as, as close as possible to what normal was for me. Um, before I, before this crash, I was, I really honestly felt invincible. Uh, funny enough, I didn't appreciate my health. Um, I guess as much as I should have, but you know, I really didn't struggle with injuries. And if I did, they were, there were small ones I could nip in the butt and, and continue to, to produce as an athlete and, and do all the things I loved and get out and experience in the mountains and, and all these different ways that I did, um, whether that was climbing, skiing, ultra running, um, you know, cycling, all these different ways. Right. And so I decided to have surgery and I opted for surgery in May of 2020, kind of right in the, or excuse me, September of 2020, right in the kind of thick of the pandemic. Um, and I decided to stay local in my home of Flagstaff in Northern Arizona for surgery. And primarily that, that choice and that decision was, was made because I didn't really have support. Um, you know, my partner, you know, at the time had left, actually my ex-partner had left, um, basically four months earlier, uh, with, uh, you know, not, I, I had no idea. Right. So this woman left uh, the day before my surgery, um, 24 hours before my surgery. Um, and again, I'm not going to get into details to protect her own privacy. You know, she, she had her own reasons. Um, but ultimately I still think it was, you know, pretty an incredibly hard decision to make as far as what I was facing and the fact that I really needed help in that moment. I needed someone to, um, you know, basically take care of me because I was going to get major shoulder surgery in May. So this woman had left and then I had to push off my surgery until September. I was considering going out of state for surgery just because this is such a major surgery on your shoulder. And I read so much uh, evidence about, you know, the different types of surgery, unlike your ACL or your MCL or surgeries like that. There's not one surgery that surgeons really agree upon that it's the right one for your AC joint. And if you don't know what the AC joint is, Google it. I had no idea I even had one, uh, just sort of ignorance on my part. Um, it has nothing to do with my actual shoulder joint or my capsule and my ball of my shoulder is it's right above it. It's where you're clavicle connects to your uh, scapula and connects to your coracoid, um, these three different bones. And it kind of creates this little girdle above your shoulder joint, right? Um, but it moves with all your muscles and all your ligaments and all your tendons, of course. Uh, and so I decided to stay local. Um, and so I tried to find the best surgeon locally I could, fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon, right? Um, fellowship trained in the shoulder, met with this gentleman over the course of a couple months. He did some scans and basically was like, Hey, you know, we, we, I think we can definitely make this better if we go in and do surgery. So he walked me through all the possible complications and risks and they, it seemed, you know, pretty small comparatively. Right. So went in for surgery, uh, in September, uh, 24th of 2020. I don't recommend ever, by the way, getting surgery alone. So I really didn't have a support system at this time. I obviously had some friends that could step in, but they all worked and they have kids or families. And so a good friend of mine, my friend Casey, shout out to shout out to you, Casey. He, he took me to surgery. I had surgery done on my shoulder. He picked me up, dropped me off at home, and I had to plan all my meals, take care of myself, uh, you know, be, be in that pain solo, basically. Um, 
and it's not like I did this on purpose. It's just how my life was worked out, right? You go from a relationship to coming out of one and you realize that you, you know, sometimes you neglected friendships, you neglected other things. So you put all this time into the relationship that really wasn't suiting you or serving you, right? It's sort of your, your traditional codependency, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and I have a point for why I'm sharing this entire story, I promise. Um, and so I got surgery and almost immediately after the surgery, I felt like something was wrong, right? It just didn't feel right. Like, like I would go in and, and, uh, check up with uh, my surgeon and say, hey, you know, I'm getting a lot of pain in these areas. All of a sudden, my neck started to hurt. My, my trapezius muscle started to hurt. My 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 back uh, in my rotator cuff area started to hurt. Like my, my mechanics of my arm had just completely changed. Whereas before, even after the crash, you know, my bone, my clavicle was sticking up because all my ligaments were torn. So nothing was holding it down. But functionally, um, it was it was pretty okay, honestly. Like, you know, it, it did everything I needed it to do, minus being minus being pretty, um, pretty unstable. That was the main issue, right? Instability with the, with the, um, AC joint. Okay. So months go by, I, I trained super hard. I was, I was getting in the gym again. Mind you, I was a pro endurance athlete before the, before the crash happened or right when the crash happened. So, but my natural body weight's quite, quite much more heavier because I'm more of a power athlete, I guess, genetically as opposed to endurance athlete. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll just put on some muscle, put on some muscle mass, strengthen everything, right? To try to help my shoulder out because maybe it's just the, the muscles from being cut during surgery. So the problem is, is that the muscle mass wasn't the problem. The issue is that the surgeon had made a mistake. He had overcorrected. So my clavicle was tightened too far down and too far back by about four millimeters. Now, four millimeters doesn't seem like a lot, to most of us, right? But in terms of your your anatomy and when we're trying to replicate biology, it is a lot. It can be a ton depending on someone's physiology, okay? And so for me, that was creating a whole host of issues. I've had nerve issues for my nerves being compressed down my right arm, my right neck. I've had extreme excruciating pain at times um, in my coracoid where this surgeon basically drilled not one, but two holes because he missed the the spot he was supposed to drill in the first time. And he did not write this in the post-op notes either. So there was a lot of stuff that went wrong. Okay. Um, the surgeon also had continued to basically tell me lies essentially because he was saying, Hey, oh, you know, the pain is just from recovery. You know, you're healing well. He would say these things. And I, I, I felt like something was off, but you, I was taking his word for what he was saying to me because, all right, well, the surgeon knows what he's doing, right? He's a professional. I went to med school. I didn't obviously. Um, and uh, the thing is, is you really have to listen to your body because I knew that something was wrong. And so for two and a half years, basically, I've been living in excruciating pain. I never knew what chronic pain was until I knew this. Now, recovering from the crash initially with, with my whiplash and my traumatic brain injury, I had to relearn basically how to do you know basic motor functions and all these things from hitting my head so hard. Um, and I had to uh, you know retrain my arm and everything. That was difficult, absolutely. But surgery made it so much worse that I was in consistent pain all the time. I couldn't even think of anything else besides being in pain. So for the past two and a half years, although I've been able to do all this work and do all this amazing stuff, I, when the camera's not on, you guys, I'm really just trying to uh, feel better. I'm really just trying to take care of my body. So you only have so much energy to be able to put into life when you're being taxed emotionally from this pain all the time. And and my normal is I'm quite an energetic person, right? I can do a lot of things, but I've had to really rework my life since I've had this crash, um, mentally, emotionally, physically. And and it's been really hard, especially still being in my prime, being in my early 30s, right? And coming from a, a very high athletic background. Um, and so I think for, for a, 
for a long time, I felt like this crash, you know, the crash in general from hitting the ground that moment, that day, really took a piece of my life away from me, right? There was a lot of things that came from my life from them. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of these beautiful things too. Look what I'm doing right now. Look at this podcast. Look at the work I'm doing, right? It's incredible. All the beautiful people I've met since this crash. But that surgery really caused a ton of pain, a ton of pain. And so there, I have a little bit of PTSD, honestly, from that experience because it was a really negative surgical experience. You know, when we when we get put under anesthesia, general anesthesia, and you know, we go to sleep, we really trust that those people in that room are gonna have our best interests at heart. So when they cut into our body, and I'm sorry if this triggers any of you, but if they're cutting into you, your human body, right? They don't get many opportunities. They could one thing could go wrong and they could, you know, do something really bad, right? Let's say they sever a nerve or they sever something else, right? That's you'll never get that back. Okay. And so they're there's some damage done to my arm that might not be repairable. Now, it might be, but there's a chance it might not be. So I spent basically two and a half years searching for more surgeons, for someone that would be honest with me, tell me the truth about what's going on, at least be interested enough in my situation to be curious, to search for solutions, to search for answers. And I've, I've met with so many surgeons. I've spent s- tens of thousands of dollars on everything, every modality you could think of it. So please don't DM me being like, hey, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I've tried everything. I promise you. Okay. Everything. Um, and it gets to the point where essentially I had to be really honest with myself. I knew that I had to get surgery again. Almost a year after surgery, I was like, I'm going to have to get surgery again. I can feel it. The pain was too great. I had tried everything, right? There were multiple different pain spots caused by different motions, different activity. And it's really because he changed my anatomy in such a piss poor way that my body was trying to heal, but it couldn't heal in the right place because things were in the wrong area. The clavicle was not where it was supposed to be. So that changed my, my muscles response to it, changed how the nerves were sending signals to my muscles. I couldn't, I have never, I haven't been able to engage my trap and my scapula in the same way and my, my neck in the same way um, that I did before surgery, right? So it changed a lot. So we tried to solve this one issue of instability and then we created a whole host of other serious issues. And I, I shouldn't say we, he did, this gentleman did, right? So his name is Scott Gibson. He's a, a orthopedic surgeon out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, and I want to say that this isn't a bad dude. You know, he, he, he tried his best, but the thing that he wasn't honest about the mistakes that were made, Right. And this is the point of this episode is that so often we just believe people because they're professionals, right? Whether they have a PhD in psychology, PhD in therapy, whatever, they have MS in therapy, whatever, right? All these things, all these degrees that we, we believe gives someone this power over us. And we really must empower ourselves to think analytically and critically with the best information possible, Right? This doesn't just apply to getting your body cut open surgically like like I did, okay? It applies to everything. If you're following people on the internet just because they're agreeable, you agree with them, or just because they have a bunch of PhDs after their name, or just because they have a lot of followers, make sure you're critically thinking about all the content you consume, everything, everything that embodies you. And that includes my content too. Make sure you critically think about these things, specifically before you comment or before you absorb something, Right? I've talking, I've spoken about this a good amount, but I don't just follow people I agree with. I follow people that are thought provoking, people that uh, disagree with me in a lot of ways, because I also want to see the, the places that I might be missing. That's how you build self-awareness. You look for the shadow areas within yourself. You don't build self-awareness by being right all the time. It's not how it works. Now, I don't, it's not like we search for, 
for times to be to be wrong, but we remain open to being wrong. We don't mistakenly assume that we're always correct, right? And we also know that even if someone's a professional in their field, they're not always correct either. So just think critically, right? The thing is, is I gave th- that surgeon the best shot ever, right? Gave him the best shot I could. Um, and he, and he did, he made it worse, right? He made it a lot worse. And so because of that, because of his actions, instead of getting relief after, right? Going in and getting cut open and getting relief and being able to restart my life and heal, I was not able to heal and made it worse. So now I'm having to do it all over again. And so this Thursday after my 33rd birthday, my 33rd birthday is this Wednesday, I'm going to have to get cut open again. Now, I found an incredible surgeon who was one of the first ones to sit down, actually look me in the eyes and not look at me like I'm a statistic, but look at me like I'm a human. I'm a human being who's in pain, who's struggling, who's tried everything he could to heal himself and he can't. He needs help. This is another lesson. You can't always do it alone, ladies and gents. I don't give a shit what David Goggins is yapping about while he's running. First of all, he's not very fast. He's just a mediocre ultra runner. Um, And yes, he is a retired SEAL. But you cannot do it by yourself all the time. It's bullshit. You need people. Now, I don't mean to say you shouldn't be self-reliant or interdependent, as my wonderful friend Danae Logan says. You should strive for those things. But to act like we don't need others to help us along the way of life and we don't need to help others is a severe disservice to the core essence of our species, of being a human, which is collectivity, which is to celebrate the collectiveness of life. So once I stop just trying to heal myself, because I'm like, I can do this, I can do this, and, and really realize I couldn't, I needed to find help. I was open to friends helping me. My incredible friend, Meredy, has done everything in her power possible to get me the care I need. And I am deep, deeply indebted to everything she's done to get me to be as healthy as possible because she's seen day in and day out how much pain I'm in. You know, often you guys out there on the internet don't see that, but there's been days where I have to crawl out of my bed because of how much pain I'm in. And I mean actually crawl, like legitimately crawl out of bed. Um, specifically, even after I crashed, after surgery, things have been wrong in my body for a long time. My body's very good at healing itself, right? I've been a pro athlete for a long time. So like in terms of being regenerative, uh, it's, it's very good at that. It's very good at healing, right? But when you put foreign things in the body and you don't do it the correct way and you misalign things, it's hard for the body to heal because there's, there's, a, there's a counter force being applied to that natural healing process, right? And so this surgeon was the first surgeon who looked me in the eye, sit me down. And mind you, I saw the, the chief of sports medicine um, for the San Diego Padres here at UCSD Health in San Diego. And even this woman, right? As high on the totem pole as she is, had nothing to offer me. She was too scared to operate because of the complications that could go wrong. And she just kept punting me off to more and more tests, more and more tests until we we really sort of, I had so many MRIs and so many nerve studies and so many tests, so many pain studies that like we knew what the problem was. But she just wasn't competent enough to fix it, although she wouldn't say that because of the um, pride, I think, that a lot of surgeons and a lot of people with you know certain esteemed degrees have. She couldn't actually recommend finding another surgeon. She just kept punting me off to more and more people. So I got a second opinion, a second opinion, a second opinion. And then I found the gentleman that's going to do surgery this Thursday. And he was uh, 
head of orthopedic sports medicine for a long time for the chapter in San Diego. He worked with the San Diego Chargers, so he's worked with pro athletes pretty much his entire life. He works with a lot of pro rugby players. But the, the reason I'm picking him, it's not necessarily because of surgical skill, although he's won tons of awards for being a really good arthroscopic shoulder surgeon, specifically upper extremity surgeon. But it's because he looked me in the eyes, he shook my hand, he sat down and he let me talk about what is hurting me. He didn't make any assumptions. He didn't act like he knew better than I did since I'm in my own body. He sat down and gave me the respect that I deserve as being the human being that's piloting my body. So I know what's wrong with it. I'm going to tell you because I'm, I've been in it for a long time and I've, I've worked so hard to be as good an athlete as possible. Everything I do, I'm very, very, very much aware of my body and what I can do and what I can't do because of my injuries and where the pain's coming from and what movements and what sort of things affect it, right? So he's the first guy I sat down and we listened to everything and he was like, you know what? I think that we can try one thing first and that would be to remove the buttons from the top of your clavicle, the bottom of your coracoid. Mind you, my coracoid has a fracture in it because the first guy did surgery, drilled two holes that he wasn't supposed to because he missed the first one and so it, it ended up fracturing. If you know what the coracoid is, it's a pretty hard bone to heal on its own because you have a lot of ligaments and tendons that pull on it and it's a really hard bone to fracture because it's deep under your pec minor muscle right so when that bone's fractured usually they have to go in and drill a screw to hold it together so it can heal itself otherwise your own muscles and tendons keep pulling on it every time you move sorry this is grotesque but i'm explaining this for a reason because i'm relating all this to how we make decisions and how we make relationships in life okay this gentleman was like well, we'll remove those buttons theoretically it should loosen the amount of stress that's pulling your clavicle and your coracoid together and you should and you should get a little bit of relief right but it should allow your neck to relax and your shoulder to relax because basically if you if you can envision this is that my shoulder is being pulled forward and down because of how tight they made my clavicle they over tightened my clavicle so it's a little bit too close to my coracoid and they pulled this together and so basically i can never relax if you know what savasana is in yoga it's when you lay down your arms are open your legs are open it's the final pose in pretty much every yoga practice right you relax you calm yourself I can't relax in that position. It's not because I don't want to. It's because my arm doesn't relax. It's, it's, it's in a fixed position. It might not look like this when I'm creating Instagram videos, but trust me, my arm is severely altered based on the last surgery. And I am really hoping that this surgery brings me some relief. There's no way to know at all. There's absolutely no way to know. It could get worse. It could get worse. It could stay the same. But my fingers are crossed that it gets better. Uh, and if it doesn't get better, I'm going to keep trying because I know that I can be better. At base minimum, I want to be where I was before I had surgery. Even if I was returned to what happened after the crash, I'd, I'd be fine with that now based on how much more pain I have since I had surgery. So it brings me to the third part of this is that the people you surround yourself with, those that you lean on in times that you need them, right? Those are the people you want to hold close, the ones that stay, the ones that stick it out for you because they really love you. The ones that stick around when you need them the most because you're struggling, because you're on your knees, because you're crawling, because you're in pain, because you can't do it yourself at that time. Now, I don't mean that you should, you know, put all your shit on everyone and, and never stand up for yourself and never work on yourself. That's not what I'm saying because I had to get up and I, I've been, I, I've had to like, you know, bite the bit and really keep moving forward because there was many times I felt like I just wanted to give up because I've been in so much pain and I've tried everything. But ultimately, I had to keep walking forward one step after another, and I keep doing that. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's, it's super fucking hard, everybody. But even with that motivation, I need other people. I needed other people to help me along the way. 
And I had to remain open to their help, truly open to leaning on them in times of need and not just being self-dependent, admitting that I needed help. And I hope that that notion sits with you because I think you can hold space for both. You can be in high, a highly interdependent person where you're self-reliant and you're actualizing your own dreams, your own goals. You're building the self that you want to build. You're operating under integrity and character with all the decisions and all the words that you manifest, but that you're also not lying to yourself, that you realize that you do need people. You do need to make connections, relationships. You do need to be there for others. It's not just about them being there for you, but you also need to show up for them when they need you. All right. Not at the expense of the self-sacrifice of your own well-being, your own health. I'm not saying that. But if you have the capacity, you need to show up for these people because if they've showed up for you, right? And even if they haven't showed up for you yet, maybe it's your turn to show up first. And I just want to say I'm incredibly grateful for all the people in my life who have helped me since this crash happened. I mean, even before this crash, obviously, too. But since this crash has happened... My life was significantly turned upside down. And even after the first surgery, my life was turned upside down even more because of the limitations I've experienced since surgery. And for all you people out there who listen, who know me in person, um, and, you, and you've done so much for me, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. Thank you so much for helping me. I'm so grateful for the people that have stuck by my side and that have helped me heal. And I'm still healing. Like I said, I have surgery again on Thursday. Um, I have a partial tear in my left knee, my, a little bit of a torn meniscus and my medial meniscus, in my left knee. I have a little bit of tear, uh, t- a tendon or ligament in my lower back. You know, I'm, I'm messed up, ladies and gents, because, uh, because a lot of injuries from that crash and a lot of the dysfunction that this, this altered shoulder has caused me. It's changed a lot of my anatomy. But I'm still hopeful. Because even dealing with this chronic pain, as shitty as it is, there's still a lot of beauty in life. There's still a lot of beauty I've been able to experience. So I have days where I'm consumed by pain. I just have to sit and relax and I have to really just sit with it. But then the days that I can breathe a little bit, I enjoy it. I connect with people. I make content for all of you out there. I work with clients, you know, and I really am grateful to, let's call it God, let's call it the universe, whatever you want to call it. I'm grateful that I have the capacity to do what I can do and to operate within my capacity. Because I may never be able to do what I used to do before my crash, before the surgery, like physically. But I still have my brain. I still have a good, a good amount of function in my body. And not to overlook the pain I'm in, but I still have my health in a lot of ways. And I'm grateful for that. And that's the fourth lesson from this is that gratitude is the only way you can move forward when you're in so much pain. Right? Or they would talk about heartbreak or grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it's your parent, your child, your spouse, anybody, right? I had to experience a process of grieving with my body and where it was before this crash and before the surgery. And I'm still in that process of grieving, but it's gotten easier as I've just come around to accept it more and more. I remember the first couple of days after I crashed and my bone was sticking up and my clavicle and my, I was just so jacked up that I would wake up in the middle of the night and touch my arm and feel my bone sticking up and be like, this can't be real. This can't be real. This has to be a dream. This didn't happen. This crash didn't happen. There's no way. Especially when the crash is completely out of my control. It's not like I crashed my bike. 
a component failed on my bike and my bike broke and it threw me off the bike at 38 miles per hour and spandex and a, you know, like cyclists wear spandex and a, a small helmet, right? Shattered my helmet, ripped my clothing off. It just was one of the most brutal crashes. There were 70 professional cyclists behind me in the Peloton when I got up to sprint and all of them who stopped said that that was one of the gnarliest crashes they have ever seen in their professional time of riding, racing bikes, right? So I had to practice gratitude. I still practice gratitude. I'm grateful to be here still. There were many days where I wish I didn't wake up from that crash because of how much pain I woke up in and how much my life turned upside down because I lost this relationship I thought I would be in for the rest of my life, this quote unquote soulmate I thought I had. And I started to realize like that stuff wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And now what I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing. Crazy how that works out. Right? Absolutely crazy how that works out. I'm really glad y'all are here. I just want to let you know that I just launched subscriptions for this podcast too. And so here's how this works. You're going to get one free episode a week, no matter what, for Starve the Ego, Feed the Soul. That is something I promise the public that is going to continue unless we're on rest weeks or breaks, right? But if you sign up for the subscription, you're going to get two more episodes a week where I dive deep into a question submitted on Instagram or something that comes up in a one-on-one client session. And this is going to be 15 to 30 minutes of me talking about this thing, this topic in more depth at more length. So you're going to get a lot more content and it's called deep work with Nico for a reason, because we're going to get deep into these topics, whether it's infidelity or how to heal from a breakup or how to deal with an Amesh family dynamic, all these different things that I talk about self-awareness, right? how to consciously decouple, all these different things. We're going to talk about them at length. And so for $4.99 a month, or for, if you want to do 33% off, you can do 40 bucks for the year. You'll get access to two more episodes a week. And you'll be able to support me as well too. Help give back to the show for all the content I've created, for all the guests I've had on. It's a great way for you to give back. It's a great way for you to get involved in the community. It gives you access to a whole host of stuff too. Also subscribe on Instagram. So I have an Instagram subscription as well too that allows you to directly message me through subscribers only DMs and ask questions that I only answer for subscribers. Another way. But if you want to support my work and you've been here for a while, it means a lot. And it's honestly the price of a latte per month. Um, if you give back in that way to the show, it allows me to keep doing this, especially run less ads. I don't want to be a person that's running like 50 ads on the show where you just have to consistently listen to people selling shit and not be able to listen to the content. That's not what I want this to be about. Um, so if you have the means, please consider subscribing both on Apple Podcasts and on Instagram. And thank you all so much for being here. I will be back with more episodes this week. I appreciate you all. And I'll see you soon. If you want two more episodes this week, subscribe on Apple. Ciao for now, y'all. I wish people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart. And all that will be left of you is what was in your heart and your